lounging son. All right, welcome back to the Comic Lounge. My name's Ryan, and with me today, I have a really awesome guest. I have Steve McArdle of Hol- Vendetta Holy Vindicator fame, uh, Crowbar 9. Uh, I'm super stoked to finally get you on here, dude. Um, I can't wait to unpack your comics with you, man. Well, thank you, and glad to be here. Good, uh, Always fun to talk comics. Yeah, man. So, uh, well, do, generic question. I always ask this when uh, I have a guest on for the first time, you know, chatting with you, is... When did you first discover comics? What started your love for comic books? Oh boy, yeah, that, that's easy. It was um, probably second grade because every time you go into a new grade, you'd meet new people. Mm-hmm. And there was a kid there and man, he had so many comic books, him and his brother. And right away, I just discovered Marvel and DC. And like, you know, I knew who Spider-Man was and Batman and that sort of stuff. But to really read the comics and get into the art and like all the b and c characters you know like i would just i loved it immediately i just every penny of my allowance went into comic books um you know i still remember the first one that i bought my first you know quarter allowance it was a marvel team up 20 mm-hmm. spider-man and the black panther because i knew who spider-man was i wanted to find out who who's this guy the black panther but he looks cool i want to find out this more about this whole universe and just Man, I just drank it in like it. Yeah, I I love comics like ever since I was a kid. Right on, dude. Yeah, I think I was just a little bit younger than that when I first got into it. But yeah, I didn't. It's funny that you mentioned like you discovered it through a friend. Like I didn't really have a lot of friends that read comics, so it's kind of interesting to hear you say like you had somebody that just brought a, a lot of comics with them to school and stuff. Yeah, there there wasn't a lot of other kids that you know it was all like sports and everything. Yeah. You know? And like, I was never a sports guy, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just funny. Like we hit it off and started talking and boy, he had, you know, he had everything, you know, Ghost Rider and Tomb of Dracula and, and Brave and the Bold and Son of Satan. And just, I just loved it all and just bought new books as they were coming out. And then eventually I'd get my dad to take me to a convention or a comic book store. And I try to find the old stuff and start filling in the numbers but yeah I, right right away i just took to it i was like i love drawing because I, I grew up like with frazetta i love and, frazetta didn't you and like you know the the um monster movies and stuff like that it just it was all together sort of molded together it was perfect you know did you kind of gravitate more towards those kind of characters then like i mean you the books you mentioned right off top are more of like the supernatural like ghost rider uh, the, like Johnny Blaze version, at least, and then yeah. Son of Satan stuff like that. At the time, I was into the traditional superhero stuff, plus the sort of horror. Mm-hmm. I was really into Conan, like you know, at the mid seventies, everybody was into Conan, and it was right. very Frazetta ish. Right. So yeah, all that stuff. And when did you? I mean, you said you were drawing and stuff. So when did you decide you wanted to make your own comics? Well, I've been just messing with it for a lot of years. Um, I've been drawing for as long as I can remember, but it wasn't until maybe junior high or high school that I started really getting serious and like thinking about doing it as a job and as a, an occupation. I wanted to draw for Marvel or DC, you know, like a lot of kids. And then by the time I got to be that age and and graduated and everything, it was like, I don't know if I can really make a living at this. I'm really not that good. I don't, you know, but I was inspired by the black and white explosion. It was starting to happen. 
and you could see other people making their own comic books. And I was like, well, I could do that, you know, and then I'm going to eventually want to do my own stories anyway. So I thought of sort publishing, self-publishing red bullet was sort of like, you know, my resume, I thought like, well, I'll do some vendetta and then maybe I'll show it around and maybe someone will, you know, someone at, will Im at image will hire me or somebody at Marvel will like it or, and then I, I really enjoyed what I was doing, got into it. And I just kind of wanted to do that. You know, I just wanted to kind of build that up and make that into something. And who were some of your influences, like artistically or even 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 outside of comics? Like what were I mean, I, I know music is a huge influence on you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grew up with like all like rock, hard rock, metal stuff. So, man, like those, you know, Iron Maiden album covers and obviously Frazetta, like like I said, um, but most of the Marvel, like the John Buscemas and Jim Starankos and George Perez and John Byrne and Michael Golden and Art Adams, so much, all that stuff, all all, all the classic 60s, 70s, 80s, um, Marvel, DC, Mag, uh, black and white stuff as well. You know, then, then the other stuff started to come in when we started to see like Ninja Turtles, Eastman and Laird, uh, Tim Vigil, um, Dead World, uh, which is one of the oldies that I love, like from the back in the day, uh, Vincent Locke, so much stuff. And then I just try to put it all in a blender and then mix it with the stuff that I like, that I think is exciting and try to weave a story in there too, you know. Were you did you pick turtles up off the off this off the shelves when it was first coming out? I remember hearing the buzz about it and I missed the first couple. The first one that I found was number three. Okay. So I came in a, a couple months late, but I jumped in by the third one and I, I was hooked. I, I followed that for years. Yeah, I'm just curious because like I I'm kind of jealous of people that were able to because I'm a huge, huge turtles fan. And I've gone back and got issues. I don't have first prints. Uh, mind you but like i have basically the entire first run of mirage but like i'm every time like especially reading those editorials all i can think of was like man if i was if i was alive when this came out because like I, I i was born in 87 so 84 is when they when they dropped but like just like watching that progression and then because i too i really love the black and white boom and a lot of those comics that came from that you know so like mm -hmm. to be able to experience that firsthand like, I can imagine that that was just a very exciting time, especially for a fan of comics, you know? Yeah, it really was, you know, and and it, it was inspiring, too, because we, we were starting to see, like, guys that are doing it themselves can put together a really professional product and become successful. Like, within a short amount of time, like, I was hardcore, so, like, I had joined the fan club, I had those little metal... I didn't even play D and D or any of those games. I was never one of those guys. But I even got the little metal turtles because I I just love the turtles. I want to help see them succeed. I want to see them become big. Yeah, and and you know, long story short, like I said, it wasn't long before the turtles were on TV with a cartoon, and the toys were in the stores, and it was pop culture. Yeah, that's how. I mean, that's that's how I discovered it. I mean, if as far back as I can remember, you know, I mean, I, the cartoon came out a year when i was one i think it came out in 88 if i'm <laughs> maybe i'm getting the numbers wrong but I you think know that's like right so like from a very young age that's what i had like i had all the turtles toys i don't have them anymore sadly 
But like, and then the Ninja Turtle movie was the first movie I ever saw. My grandma took me when, when I was three. <laughs> that's great. So, you know, which is nuts to think about. Like watching it as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, that's kind of kind of dark for a young kid. You know, I mean, it's still like one of my favorite comic book movies, but um, it is super inspiring to like. And I know a lot of other people like yourself were were super inspired by watching. Like, hey, we don't need to go to Marvel and DC. We can do our own thing and make money doing it. Not everybody was as successful, obviously, as Turtles, but still to be able to do it yourself and own the characters and not have to give them up, you know, I think is is just it's such a great story, you know. Yeah, I mean, and especially that time, like they were the people that taught us about creators' rights because that was really big. They were like the comic book legal defense fund. Mm-hmm. There was the whole movement to get the artwork back to Jack Kirby. I remember, yeah, I remember reading. About you know, that, so yeah. I was starting to become aware that, like, well, maybe making my own comics would be better than working for Marvel if I could make it into something, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not able to make a living doing it, I make a living doing something else, but can still continue to do my comics. Right. And where did, so where did the idea come for Vendetta, Holy Vindicator? Boy, just playing around with ideas and, and drawing different costumes and superheroes and then I came up with the idea of the skull mask and then his yeah. face was scarred. And then I put together the whole origin and the backstory. Um, that's one thing that to me that's important is putting together a solid backstory. Before I wanted to did that first book, I wanted to make sure I had the characters and where it's going to go and origins and all everything, you know, really pretty solidly laid out. Yeah, I think one of the things that really stands out to me, too, about your art and that I really love is like, First of all, the action scenes, but like your rendering, you know, like you're drawing all those backgrounds, you know, like where sometimes some of the comics at the time, and, and that's, I'm not like knocking anybody for doing it, but sometimes you don't really see like the backgrounds, especially back then, like that are fully like fleshed out and drawn, you know, like you'll have a lot of just characters and it can, it's an easier way, right? To get a comic book out, you just draw the, for lack of a better way of saying it, like the cool shit, right? Like mm-hmm. the stuff that's fun to draw. Buildings aren't necessarily fun to draw from you know from the artists that i talked to you know or whatever drawing a car can be like you know not as fun as drawing like you know the main character just beating the shit out of somebody oh so that's right. some- exactly exactly but it, oh yeah McGraphomania. yeah because i i love all that stuff too the turtles was like really dense um a lot of that black and white stuff was really dense you know i like a lot of detail and a lot of you and i you know i throw in lots of little tiny you know Easter eggs or whatever you want to call them, little things in the artwork, you know, little jokes or little things like that, like a McDonald's bag that says McArdles or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm listening to a certain CD at the time I'm drawing, I'll draw a little graffiti of their logo or a band flyer for them or something. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make, I just have fun with it and just try to like put everything as much stuff into it as I can for the reader to really have stuff to go as deep into it as they want. Yeah, that's awesome. I and I and I appreciate that. And I that's what I love about comic books is that you can put all those kind of little things in into into the drawings in the background and stuff. Um and you kind of talked about like getting into the self-publishing. What was it like navigating self-publishing at the time? Like how did you how did you market the book? How did you get it into people's hands when you're doing it all by yourself? Yeah, it was tricky. It was tricky. I really didn't know anything about it. Um, I had worked in printing places, so I was good. I had a background in printing and graphics. 
But it wasn't until my dad saw the artwork, we're on vacation. And he was like, wow, Steve, you're really taking this artwork seriously. Like you've really come a long way since the last drawings and comics that he had seen me do. I had the Vendetta one pages I was working on. And he gave me the money to, to print that first issue. And all I did was a two color cover, but I used the best paper I could. Like people that have seen them, it's like nice, heavy 60 pound white paper stock. Mm -hmm. And then I did my as much homework as I could to find out about the distributors, sent it to all the distributors, um, tried to sell as many so I could do the second issue, tried to sell as many of that so I could do the third issue and just try to keep the snowball going, mm -hmm. you know? And what were the print runs on some of those those first issues? Yeah, uh, one and two was 500 copies. And number two, I was like, what can I do to make number two big people care about the second issue? Like, I'm already like, how do I sell this? You know, and make, make it valuable. So I hand signed and hand numbered every issue of people who have Vendetta number two, the originals. Every one of those is hand signed, hand numbered. And uh, so like fast, let, let's let's jump to now to like, you know, like years later, right? The Power Comics YouTube channel shows your book on there. And now, the, you know, like it, from there, you're getting like you did. An I know you did an interview with them. The book was like they did the you know overhead going through the issue. Um, and so it's reigniting like um, reigniting fandom for it, but also bringing new people. Like what was your initial reaction when you like the offer to republish it with floating world and kind of give it to a new audience. Oh man, it's a dream come true. It's really, it's a really a dream come true. Like I, I, I couldn't be happier or more excited. My band was kind of, you know, kind of fading out over the last several years. We did our second album and it was hard keeping a lineup, you know, it's really hard keeping a solid lineup of a band. And so I knew that was going to kind of come to an end. And I've been looking to like get, I have to do something creative. Otherwise I go crazy, you know? So if I'm not doing as much music, I go back to my art or vice versa. So I knew I was going to start doing more artwork. I've been thinking about doing a new comic book. I had left off with an issue of Crowbar 9. I'd never finished. And so when the opportunity came to publish Vendetta with the artillery book as a trade paperback, I was like, this is perfect. Like, I've got all the original artwork. I, I never sold any of my pages. I've got all this bonus stuff that I've been planning to use that I never got to. Mm -hmm. I was going to do a Gene Colon cover. I had the Gene Colon commission. I was going to do some Tusca covers or pinups. I had the Tusca commissions. So once that book happened, I was like, I got to get busy. I, I went back. I inked the Gene Colon and the Tusca pieces I pulled up the letters pages and the reviews and put together like, you know, some people just go, oh, it's a, just a reprint of those the five old comics. That trade paperback has got so much new material in that mm -hmm. that we did over the last two years just to get that together. I drew a new cover, you know, um, there's the interviews, there's the intros, all kinds of stuff. But it was it was so exciting. And then once that happened then i go boy you know i never finished crowbar nine number three you know like i never got to finish that third and last issue that was the trilogy and then that would wrap all of the storylines that i had all together and yeah. so you know finally now with the, the crowbar nine book 
man, it's it's what, over 20 years, tw- almost 25 years later. I can't it makes me feel old, but yeah. but it's it's a dream come true to finally finish that series and wrap everything that I'd planned up years ago. Did you kind of like at a point like think like, oh, I'm never gonna finish this? I'd always had it in the back of my head I would. Yeah. But I didn't know when or like would anybody care? Like, what am I going to do? Like all these years later, like the people who bought one and two, remember it to buy number three. What do I do? I published it all as one new book, you know, like, I, you know, so it worked perfectly to do it as like an 80 page giant. I, I went back actually, and I redid some of the pages. I rewrote the stuff a little bit just so it makes more sense. It's a way better product. But so, so speaking of crowbar nine, like, I already asked you how, how like good it feels. Obviously, you said it's a dream because you're finishing it. The newsprint. I am very, very happy that it was done on newsprint because I love I love that form format for for like comic books. You know, was it your decision to do it that way? I think. Um, uh, shout out to Jason over at, at at Floating World. He had republished a couple of other books power comic stuff and they had done it on the newsprint okay and so he mentioned doing the same same formula and it worked out great because it's a nice thick 80 page book you know uh it came out perfect i i love it too because it it takes that takes me back yeah yeah no i i mean i think that what floating world is doing in conjunction with power comics is it's really dope to see some of these comics like otherwise you're spending a lot on ebay you know, like it's mm-hmm. just going to kill you if you're yeah. trying to find some of the old comics, if you can even find them. So being able to see these brought back for an old audience that maybe doesn't have them anymore or a new audience like myself that's just discovering it for the first time. Like shout out to Power Comics and Floating World for bringing all this dope shit um, back in print. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, shout out and thank you, Evan, Gabe, Remy, Ben Mara over Power Comics, uh, Jason at Floating World um and jeff miller he's another guy who's a player in this through he was just like a a a fan who reached out to me he had the books from the 90s and wrote to me and um wanted the books he didn't have so he got doubles and triples of some of the books and then he helped i think send them around i think he might have sent them to i don't know if he sent them to kayfabe or if he sent them to to power comics but then suddenly I started to see some of my stuff online. And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of weird. And you then froze they again. You froze again. Uh, so I wanted to ask, like, how does the response differ now for your work as opposed to like what it was back then? Boy, you know, the response now has been great. Like it was a good response back then too. You know, um, people liked it. I remember I'd, I'd go out to the conventions and I'd sit there and, sign books for people and do free sketches on their backer boards. But re- the response lately the, the, to the trade paperback and everything has really been overwhelming. What they Oh yeah. You were saying that the response now has been really extremely well. Like I know that, I, I mean, I definitely wasn't hearing about it. And the fact that like, you know, floating world is, is put out this like really sick edition with like the fucking, the foil cover, like you said, all the, bonus material in there is really dope and i love i hate when i get a trade of something and there's nothing 
but the comic. Like you have mm-hmm. to differentiate it. If you, especially if you expect certain fans to double dip, you know, because I am one of those fans that will get the singles to support it, mm-hmm. but I'll get the collection if there's some, you know, if there's some like added incentive to it, you know, like if it's just the comics, I'm like, well, I already have it. I'm like that too. There's no reason to rebuy it again. Exactly. So I really do. I love the package that they put together, both with this and, you know, with the crowbar nine, I think that um, they're just really dope. I really, really love the books. Um, Do you have plans for any more comics, any more stuff that, that you're going to partner up with, you know, floating world power comics, or maybe even do the self publishing thing again. Well, I'm, I'm talking to power comics. Um, and you know, see that was the whole, the whole point back then was to wrap crowbar nine with that third issue mm-hmm. and start with a new vendetta. So I've been working uh, behind the scenes a little bit on starting a new vendetta issue. And I want to um, plot out several issues and maybe just do a, a, a new series. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Oh, I, I can't wait for that shit. I think that's where I'm most comfortable. I love Crowbar 9. It's it's different doing a team book than doing a single character. Mm-hmm. But I think Vendetta, he's kind of like my, I think he's my best character. And, and, and it's all in the same universe. I want to bring back Artillery. I want to bring back some of the Crowbar 9 characters. You'll see Lord Leviathan come back and the Black Dagger. So I got a whole, you know, I'm sort of planning out the next couple of years. That's awesome, man. I can't wait. I know I know quite a few people that are going to be super stoked to hear that, that there's going to be more coming from you. Is there anything else, any other projects you're working on? Yeah, you know what? Now that you mention it, there is. Um, I also uh, got in touch with a really great dude, um, Chance Priest at Victory Comics and Toys. Um, man, I talked to him one night on the phone and it was, it was like, like talking to you, honestly, man, like uh, for the first time talking to him on the phone, it was like, we were buddies. Like we were talking the same comics, the same toys and stuff like that. And he just started to mention that he goes, you know, um, I make my own action figures. I love the vendetta book. He's like, I love your stuff. I love your art. And uh, give too much away here, but I like to, show a little stuff for people who are checking this out that they can actually look at too. We're going to have vendetta action that's figures. That's so dope. I mean, that's awesome. this year, thank you to chance and everybody that's been supportive. This is the unmasked vendetta. So I didn't even know he was going to do this. He sculpted this first because I'm just learning about toy making. I, they're going to be super limited. I'm going to hand paint these myself. So they'll be in small numbers, hand numbered and signed on the bottom. So you got the scarred vendetta here and um, we'll have the masked vendetta coming probably in a couple of weeks. Right on. Uh, I, I put together some, some packaging artwork for these and uh, go from there. Like uh, I'd like to do maybe a black dagger figure, maybe an artillery. Uh, he's busy doing a lot of stuff. He said he has people ask him all the time to make toys for him. And he just says no, because he doesn't really like the property and he doesn't have the time. He's doing this for me because he likes Vendetta. And that's he likes awesome. It. And so I've also too, I, I did some commissions for him, Warriors of the Universe. You check out his book. Um, so I'll have some maybe their alternate or uh variant covers with my artwork, his characters on his books coming out soon too. Oh, I'll definitely keep a look at it. I haven't heard of that book, so 
I, I, I know the name because you shared about the toy on Facebook. Yeah. So that's where I saw his name, but I didn't know he had his own book. I'll definitely uh, have to be checking that out. He's uh, got his own line of comics and toys. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, right on. Um, are you, are how are you going to distribute that toy? Are you going to sell them personally? Like direct from you? Is that how people are going to get them? I'm going to start like that. I don't really have any distribution set up. I mean, I got a little Etsy store and an eBay store. Um, and they're going to be very limited because I'm painting them myself. Um, I'm going to hand glue the, the the bubble onto the cards. Um, but I got a whole little process. He's showing me like a lot of his knowledge. He's, he's sharing a lot of tips with me because he's been doing this for years. He's boiled this down to a science where I, I'm just amazed. He went through different plastics. Uh, and he said, like, you know, the plastic on these is really tough. So mm -hmm. he's using the same plastic that's in, like, your dashboard. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, and then he makes the hinges on the shoulder and the socket for the arms. Um, I'm using almost like a modeling paint. And then, like, it's going to be almost like an auto clear shellac sealer to seal every toy, too, so the paint doesn't chip. But he's got years of, you know, trial and error under his belt already. So I'm just trying to learn from what he did. Well, sign me up. I definitely, definitely get, <laughs> right. get one from you. That figure looks dope. So, oh, and, cool, thanks. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm and, super, I'm super stoked and excited. That just it worked out perfectly. You know, like we ended up talking one night for like three hours on the phone, and you know, I was like, "Look, man, I can do some art for your your comic book covers." He's like, "Dude, I, I want to sculpt. I'll make some toys." So yeah, this year I'm looking. I'm hoping to help. I'm hoping to get a new issue of Vendetta out this year. Okay. And have some action figures. Do you have any like long-term plans with Vendetta? I mean, I know you said you're going to plot out some issues, but like what, like you said of getting one issue out, but like, are you planning to do a mini series? Do you think you're going to like let it have room to become an ongoing potentially? Or do you have like a specific, like a, a beginning, middle end that you're kind of plotting out with this next round of Vendetta? Yeah. I'm kind of going like, um, ongoing series okay. you know i'm almost afraid to say too much or plan too much because it takes a long time mm -hmm. to do a book and you know hopefully uh my uh partnership with with floating world and power comics is stays good and hopefully people buy enough copies if they'll want to do another book but yeah i'm just trying to plan as far forward as i can and keep going with vendetta bring in i've got all kinds of tons of characters I can bring in and out just sort of like what I did with the mini series mm -hmm. and then see who people like people loved artillery right away. So then I did a single issue for artillery. I may bring in a character or a little mini team that people love and maybe do a special one shot for them or something. But I think mainly just kind of going forward with vendetta. And how long does it take you? Like you draw traditionally, right? You're not doing it like digitally. Are you? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm so old school. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I do everything on paper uh, with pens, um, watercolor colors. Um, you, it's hard to find Zipatone. So I sometimes I'll even make copies of Zipatone and kind of paste in photocopy Zipatones or some of my stuff. You can notice I've got even my own, own photography. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll go out on the holidays sometimes when there's no traffic and do buildings and good cityscapes uh, on my camera. And then I kind of print them off black and white and then I'll add artwork to it and kind of blend that in as 
you know, Crowbar 9 headquarters or, you know, locations, sometimes little backgrounds. That's dope. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely... I, I definitely love the, I mean, the traditional aspect of it. Cause I mean, I know you said you don't sell your pages, but I mean, there is always that, I mean, you can't sell a digital drawing, right? I mean, right, I guess you exactly. could, but I, mean, I guess you could, but it's not the same, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing with the NFT crap. But um, yeah, I, I love the traditional aspect of it. I love, I mean, like how, how, um, I know you said the newsprint, that wasn't your decision, but how like involved are you in terms of, like the the paper stock and stuff like that. Did you were you kind of hands on with that again with Vendetta? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. As soon as Jason meant, because we were going over ideas, um, Evan from Power Comics, Jason from Floating World, and me, and one of them mentioned, "Hey, we should do foil stamp cover," and that was it. I was like, "Foil stamp cover, we have to do it. We must do it. I I refuse to change. I I I want that foil stamp cover." red on black that will pop yes because it's 90s it was a two-color cover to begin with you know yeah and then um how you, how long does it take you typically to do an issue boy um the first issue of vendetta took a long time because i'm still trying to write ahead the storylines and create the characters um i had a lot of that stuff already done too like in my notebooks Mm -hmm. I must have I probably spent a year on that first issue of Vendetta oh wow okay and then my goal was to yeah it was probably a, a year for that first Vendetta and then um I was trying to do a quarterly publishing like every three months and since I had like I think number two done by the time I published the first one mm -hmm. I was ahead so I was and I was only going to do the four so if I could try to produce quick enough get the four done but there was so much other stuff too. Like I did trading cards for number four. Um, I had a guy come about making model kits for the Black Dagger. So I was doing designs for the model kit and licensing contracts and stuff. So I, I didn't quite stick to the quarterly schedule. I was probably a little late here and there, but I did the best I could. Yeah. Well, what's like in terms of the new stuff, like, are you, do you want to try to, stick to some kind of schedule or do you not have that kind of set i know you said you kind of want to are you going to do a backlog of stuff is what i'm trying to ask like are you going to have like the issue a few issues done so that it can come out on a semi-regular schedule or have you not really thought about that yet that part of it oh yeah that's actually a very good idea <laughs> maybe before <laughs> i say anything i should get a, an issue or two in the can actually because um you know I, i'm not sure how long it's going to take to do a whole issue but I would like to be able to have it on some kind of a, a schedule, you know, okay. even if it was every four months or every six months or some kind of a thing, right. You know, you could kind of like, Oh, uh, it's July should be a new vendetta book coming, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like I said, I'm very, I love the books, both of them. I'm very excited for more. Um, before I, before I let you go, uh, I was just curious, like what kind of, what, what stuff are you reading right now that you're digging? Anything new? Any comments? Yeah, man, everything. I'm discovering all kinds of stuff. Like I just, a lot of like, kind of like um, underground looking stuff, like a lot of different than the stuff that I would normally look at for artists. Like, uh, boy, like Space Riders, Alexis Zerit. Like oh, yeah. I, I love his stuff. It's kind of psychedelic, kind of black light. 
Um, heavy metal drummer is good. Um, boy, I've been trying to think. There's all kinds of stuff. There's really a there's really a lot of good comics and comic artists that are out there now. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's not like I'm following any specific company anymore. Sort of like I used to back when we had you know like Eclipse or stuff like that. Right. So I'm just trying to find stuff everywhere. But yeah, man, there's there's a lot. There's a lot of really good stuff out there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's like the best time to be a comics fan, probably. It is, you know, like because there there really is a comic for everybody. I mean, I, I think I've said that the last three or four videos I've recorded with people, but there really is. I mean, there's a, there's a, every type of comic you could imagine. I mean, it is getting more towards like what manga is you know like how yeah. there's like the most there's a manga about soccer or ping pong you know like they're yeah. starting to become that same thing for uh american comics and i think that we're in a really exciting time especially the indie scene the underground scene is there's so much good stuff being published and uh you're yet another creator that i'm really stoked that i discovered i can't wait for more stuff to come from you and for everybody listening and watching do you want to uh, let everybody know where we can find you, where we can get some of your stuff. If it's not just from Floating World, I know you said you have an Etsy, and uh, I'll drop all those links down below for everyone. Sure, yeah. Find me on uh, Facebook um, or Instagram, Steve Ace McArdle. Um, I've got a eBay store, uh, Steve Knievel, uh, and an Etsy. I think that's under Red Bullet Studios or Red Bullet Comics. Um, I want to try to keep the Red Bullet imprint. So hopefully that'll still be a, a visual part, e even though I'm, it'll be published through Power Comics and Floating World. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, reach out. Um, I've got books. Um, I sell them for cover price and I sign them. I've got some merch. Uh, I also do commissions too. All right. Yeah. So like you said, you hit him up, hit up Steve, pick up those books. They're really dope. And for everybody listening and watching, make sure you also follow us on the Comic Lounge. Hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all the new dope shit coming out. And uh, Steve, thank you again for joining me and talking some comics with me. I definitely want to do this with you again sometime Oh, soon. dude, thank you, Ron. You know, I, I, I really want to say, like, I'm honored to be on your show, man. It's, oh, thank it's, you. it's a pleasure talking. You froze, about... you froze, you froze, you froze. Oh, shit. Give me one second. Here. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Let me finish this. Yeah, yeah cut off mid sentence. There we go. No, <laughs> Ryan, because um, I, I've I've noticed like the the interviews that you do. I haven't had a chance to watch all of them. I got a a, a little list. I'm already waiting. I'm going to watch this week. Man, like you know your comic books, and so it was a pleasure talking with you. And I'm sure I'm by far the least famous guy that you've interviewed. <laughs> you've got you've got Paul Levitz. You've got uh, uh, all, all these great interviews, Steve Rude and 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 all these incredible people. So thank you very much for for taking oh, the time, dude. It is my absolute pleasure. I, comic books are my favorite medium, and uh, you're me a part too. of it, dude. Uh, to me, there's no like I don't look at it in terms of like big name creators or you know household names. Like I want to talk to everybody that's making dope shit, and you're a creator that makes some dope stuff. So I, I love being able to like have you on chat with you and then like maybe somebody just like they come to my channel for a different interview right or different content and they and they see your stuff and, and you know hopefully you get some new fans out of it like that's kind of one of my goals with this channel so it's my uh 
my my pleasure and privilege to have you on dude so i thank you well thank you man it's it's an honor it's been a lot of fun talking comics yeah dude, definitely. if you want to do it again let me know definitely dude we'll definitely do it again sometime in the future sounds good